Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm your host this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski, as Pam Bentley is away on vacation celebrating her father's 90th birthday. Ooh. So hopefully uh, Pam will be listening in or listening in on the archives or perhaps on iTunes when this becomes a podcast. But in the meantime, that ooh you heard was uh, from our guest this afternoon, Johnny McRae. Hi, Johnny. Hi, R.C. Very nice to have you here. It's great to be here. Uh, So we'll talk about why you're here in just a minute, but we're going to get you to kick off the show with a poem. Mm -hmm. All right. Something happy. Just kidding. This This is a poem I called Jokes. The joke's getting old. The joke's wearing thin, sagging in places, struggling to keep up as easily as it used to. When it was young, the joke used to go out all the time, and everywhere the joke went, there was laughter, the two of them inseparable. No one ever met the joke who failed to meet laughter. Then the joke had energy. Then the joke's grin pinched a thousand cheeks into smiling. Laughter and the joke whirled around each other, built a world around each other, shared every breath of every day and brought joy to those around them. But the joke's getting old, and it's not aging well. Some time ago, who now could say, laughter began to tire out easily, began to stay inside more often. So the joke did. Laughter started only ever going out briefly, and so the joke did that too. And every day since, laughter's breath has grown shorter. And every day since, laughter's breath has grown drier. And every day since, laughter has grown more tired. Now the joke stays inside most of the time, hearing laughter fade. The joke smiles less often. The joke is more grim. Laughter barely goes out at all and never goes far, and the joke seems as though it has lived more years than it has been alive. Now, other folks worry about the joke. They see laughter would die with a warm smile, even if laughter survived the joke. But they worry laughter will die before the joke, and they are probably right to do so. The joke's getting old, but the joke will age faster if laughter dies. Then the joke will go out seldom, if at all. Then the joke might become bitter and twisted, sneering when it speaks. Then, as likely as not, the joke would be made to give up the world it built with laughter. Made to move into a group home, the sort of place where it will live with other old jokes. A hundred or a thousand, the joke won't know the difference. The sort of place at which laughter would grimace and look away and make the joke promise to let it die before letting it live there. But then, the old joke? Maybe then the old joke would forget. The old joke would forget until the old joke remembered the sound of laughter's voice. 
Until the joke heard laughter's voice where there is only silence. Until the joke received a visit from laughter that lasted every breath of every day. And then the old joke. Maybe then the joke would die at peace. Wrapped in the warmth of laughter's smile. That is happy. Yeah, it is kind of at the end. <laughs> Although I laugh with people because I, I tell them that when I wrote that poem, and this isn't a joke, I I, uh, I was actually sobbing my eyes out as I wrote those last like two verses. What What do you think prompted that? Uh, because when I was writing it, like it literally started with this stupid joke that we tell at the restaurant I was working at at the time at the end of every night, and and I fell for it one night after seven years of working there, and I, I uh, it's a whole other story. We won't get into it, but I. I told one of my coworkers, ah, oh, that joke never gets old. And then, of course, you know, my brain yeah. does this thing where I'm like, oh, what about the joke getting old? And as I walked home, I, I like to walk a lot, and it's about a six-kilometer walk, so as I'm crossing the city, the whole story started to unfold. So I got home, and I started writing it, and, uh, and then I think right as I hit that point, I just had this vivid recollection of, of sort of my grandfather mm. uh, in a veteran's home having survived his, his wife of uh, 55 years by a decade and uh, and him you know as he was getting confused in the last few years and was starting to see her when he saw my mom or starting to see you know so suddenly it just really <laughs> brought that home for me and so as I'm writing, <laughs> writing the conclusion to the poem it just became super real oh, where wow. it wasn't intended to be uh, and and I just started crying my eyes out because it, it just I found it such a yeah moving sort of experience for myself. Yeah, so. yeah, that's neat to hear that that I, kind of that process and then the the end result and that connection all of a sudden out of the what's see I get what's kind of out of the sudden for you that you're like wow oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, accidental realism yes yeah. <laughs> while I was listening to it uh, I was reminded like it doesn't even about the same thing but I kept thinking about the Monty Python skit about the I think it's like the deadliest joke yes, in the yeah. world or oh, the last joke one. or whatever and they go on it's World War One I, I think in there or two and they're reading this joke and it kills people by by laughter or whatever and I thought that just it just kind of that's where my mind went and yeah, connecting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that piece was from your chapbook mm -hmm. uh, called Mouth Music. Yes, which is is itself no longer available. Ah, yeah, and but it's also available uh, online as uh, now. Is that are all the pieces from Mouth Music available as recordings? Uh, not every single one of them, no. So uh, Mouth Music, uh, the I suppose I suppose it's an EP. I'm okay, not really sure. Being a poet, these yeah. are unfamiliar terms. Um, but uh, it's it's a six-track uh, album, and uh, so some of the poems that were in the chapbook were there, and then I, I threw some extra poems in there as kind of a, a, a bonus for anyone mm -hmm. who, who bought the book while I was on tour. And they were um, specifically... Um uh, what was the question? It's sort of along the line. So these were actually studio recordings that we're going, we're going to hear some of the stuff is what we're leading up to. But um, these were studio recordings rather than live recording sort of mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. It was uh, uh, legitimately garage music uh -huh. uh, in a, a wonderful uh, little garage studio built by um, Kenan Sunger, actually. Who will be after this, right? uh, us here. Yeah. Um, and so Kenan and uh, a couple of wonderful musicians, Dave Taylor and, and Daniel Patrick Howard and I, started getting together in the spring in 2016. And um, we were just doing sort of, uh, you know, live from the floor recordings of them. They'd, I'd do the poem for them and they'd say, okay, well, how about we do this? And they'd speak musician to each other yeah. and kind of work something out. And then uh, we just 
do it on the fly. So I think we maybe did a maximum of of uh, like four or five recordings of any one poem. Okay. Uh, in a lot of cases, one or two. And uh, and then Kenan did all the mastering, and, and uh, yeah, last uh, spring uh, it, it was completed. So. And what made you want to sort of extend your vocabulary into that realm of uh, produced recordings for your poetry? Um, you know, I've always secretly wished I was a musician, I guess, partly. Um, and uh, it was something really, it sort of emerged actually out of uh, my work with uh, Two Dope Boys in a Cadillac with Shane Avecki Grek. Um, we sort of had a hodgepodge band. Well, we do have a sort of hodgepodge band. There, there are set members, but we're you know we're all kind of if we're all together in the same place. Yeah. Uh, called the Cadillac Mountain Orchestra, and we we had the, the ability, fortunately, to do a, a two um, Cadillac Mountain Orchestra sets at Artswell's, uh, one in 2016 and one in uh, 2015. And, you know, both times were quite electric. They were totally unplanned. Everybody got together and just like five minutes beforehand and went for it and uh and so you know we'd been sort of nursing that idea for some time and kenan drums when when we have cadillac mountain orchestra together um and was really enthusiastic he said i want to i want to do something and i said well i really want to work with music I, I feel um you know being a spoken word artist i was thinking about this on my way over and i think oftentimes we look at the primacy of uh sort of literary works as it were everyone's always asking me if i'm going to publish something mm-hmm um, and I kind of look at them and I say, to me, spoken word is sort of inherently musical. Um, and I'm more interested in, uh, you know, playing with that side of things. I'm not terribly interested in publishing my work to be written or to be read as a written piece. Um, when I do put together chapbooks, even, I almost always have a little epithet in the front of the book that says, uh, you know, the the book is a record, your tongue is the needle. So yeah, I, nice. I really want people to actually, <laughs> if they get one of my books, I really want them to say, hey, I like this poem, and go to their friends and say, you should hear this poem. Uh, and I think where we are, sort of artistically, culturally, I had, I had a friend once who came to me and said, I read one of your poems to my friends, I really hope that was okay. Because they were kind of afraid maybe that they had... Wouldn't do it right. Yeah, or, or whatever. And I said to them, I was like, that's what I want. You know, I don't want to have... Uh, they're not my possessions, so to speak. Mm. If I put them out there, I want people to to immerse themselves in them and and to raise their own voices. Um, you know, I, I don't think necessarily everyone needs to go write poetry or do these sorts of things, but I think if they're engaged with it and they like it and mm. they want to share it, um, you know, from a spoken word perspective, I'm way more interested rather than seeing people publish their work and get that sort of spread with a reading audience. Mm. I'm more interested in seeing a. a the broadening of the sort of culture of reading aloud to each other and, and speaking to each other. So, cool. Well, we're going to immerse ourselves in uh, one of your pieces, one of the recordings from uh, Mouth Music. Uh, before we do, just let you know that you're listening here to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, and uh, I'm R.C. Wislowski. This is Wax Poetic, and our guest today is Johnny McRae. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit uh, about this piece that we're going to hear? Sure, yes. Um, this is a, a poem called immunodeficiency uh and uh you know it, it just sort of popped into my head one night and something that i think had been circulating in my brain for a long time and it was the sort of piece where um the first line popped into my head and my first thought was uh there's no way i'm gonna write this down because someone's gonna kill me if i ever mm. put this out in the world and then 
you know, sometimes it just grips you. So yeah. I, I thought, well, it's going where it's going. I should say, actually, this was one of two tracks on the album that's recorded, actually, with uh, Doug Koyama, vocalist and, and loop pedal artist, um, uh, rather than with the full band. So. Okay. And just to double check, I've got it starting at 109. Yep. Perfect. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Immunodeficiency by Johnny McRae here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Efficiency virus wants you to know that it's sorry. This has all been a terrible mistake. The fear, the suffering, the sorrow. It never intended for things to be this way. It feels comfortable in your cells. It feels at home in your bloodstream. Feels you are a safe neighbor around whom to bring forth daughters. Sometimes the human immunodeficiency virus thinks that it might be some sort of allergic reaction. Often it feels you need some time to get to know one another. It thinks of how many of its cousins have settled into workable relationships with their hosts and it feels hopeful. stream without you noticing. It simply hopes that someday you will be old companions looking back on this time together. The human immunodeficiency virus thinks you have a lot in common feels you share similar traits and can learn a lot from one another. It often thinks about how it came into this world around the same time that you began undermining the planetary immune system. So it thinks you can learn to work together. You have similar challenges to overcome. You have similar misunderstandings about the meaning of hospitality. Say, but all the same, it would say this to you. Never stop touching one another. Never stop loving one another. Your skin on skin will always be holy. Blood 
still sacred. That's Johnny McRae and immunodeficiency from his spoken word and music album, I guess, Mouth Music. Mm -hmm. It's such a different haunting. I've heard that poem many times, and I found that just added such depth to it, having Doug's Doug's voice and tracks and looping and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's something you could listen to over, you could meditate on it, because it seems a very meditative piece now. It, It actually completely transformed how I performed that poem. Afterwards, you mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think what had happened was years ago when I'd first written it, I was uh, taking part in the Victoria Spoken Word Festival, and we were doing a workshop on character with uh, Chris Mason from Montreal, and I um, wanted to sort of develop the character of the poem. And I said to him a whole bit about being kind of afraid to read it because I thought someone's going to jump out of the audience and you know, come punch me in the face, especially being in a, a city where there is such a history with, with HIV AIDS. And and uh, he said, okay, well, how about you perform it that way? So for a long time, I, I actually kind of performed the poem from this very curled in, afraid sort of standing point and then sort mm-hmm. of emerged into what the poem was saying. And when Doug and I did that, what actually happened, that wasn't supposed to be on the album. Okay. And we were trying to record a different track and uh, he started doing this piece. And I said, well, that's not what I want for that poem, but... You know, it just made me think of this other poem, and I I hadn't done it for like a year, so I only half remembered it. I was kind of making up some of the parts, <laughs> and uh, we just did it in one take, and it just ah, worked. Sweet. And afterwards, when I it suddenly it felt like I was empowered with it. I realized mm-hmm. that you know I'm not coming out doing this, trying to make this a heavy experience for people. I can just speak it like this, and a lot of that had to do with the the texture and quality of what Doug created to go with it. Were you doing it live at the same time with Doug? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just stood in. In fact, on the other one that I do with Doug, you can hear at one point there's a line that sort of refers to, you know, kind of like marching soldiers or like a, a white supremacy march, this sort of thing. And as that line was playing, you can hear one of the dogs in the backyard start barking. <laughs> and we finished the, the recording, and, and Kenan turned to both of us, and he said, well, that was that was really, like, you guys nailed it, but uh, the dog barked so I guess we'll have to and both of us immediately just turned and we're like no 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 the dog had perfect timing um, so it was quite wonderful and Doug Doug and I have worked together a fair bit mostly with uh, with uh, Shane and, and the two dope boys in yeah. Cadillac mode and, and you know he's, he's such a wonderful improviser he makes yeah. so much space for you to fill in and vice versa it's just really uh, makes it super easy so we were able to do both tracks just in in one go cool so if we're going to listen to the other one mm-hmm. we have to listen now otherwise we're going to run out of time yep uh so let's quickly just chat about this is called the song that never ends this song yeah uh tell us just quickly a little bit about it uh so this poem was was originally functions as sort of the opening of a longer monologue called love your weird um, and it was uh, it was a very simple moment. I was listening to I was sitting at home trying to think of what to do to write this monologue, and I was listening to uh, Wax Mannequin, who's from mm-hmm. Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, he has a song called "Animals for Real," uh, in which the chorus is simply "The animals are for real," and and I I love the song, so I was pumping it and dancing around, and I just had one of those moments where I went, "I love this song." And, there you go. And the poem came. So. Okay. Uh, and just to let people know, there's a moment at 56 seconds where there is one uh, F-bomb in this. So we're going to try and delete it. So if, uh, as it happens, 
So just know that that's going on when you're listening, and it may drop out, it may drop, you know, whatever. So that's going on. And so uh, take a listen right now to Song That Never Ends, this song from Johnny McRae from the album Mouth Music here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, and uh, our show is Wax Poetic. Bubbles under my nipples. It pastes lips to my breastbone. Sets sparrows zipping in one ear and out the other. Melts bird cages and glues feathers to my arms. Oh, and when I hear this song, I perform in Arbutus striptease, peeling back my layers to reveal green skin, becoming a dancer composed of sticky marrow and new breath. Oh, yeah, when I hear this song, I myself spin the orgasmic orbit of empty space. Empty space wells up within and transforms my voice box into a vacuum, absorbing the warbling from every corner of the universe until all I can say is this. <sighs> you know, it's not really like this song. Or... Oh. No, no, I mean, guys, this song's great. I, I just... I mean more in the sense that it's, you know, it's not like this song or, or that song or, or, you know, like a particular song. It's it's more like this song. Yeah. You know, a song that mismatches your socks for you on awkward Sundays or whatever day you think is vocals. The song that sucks on your earlobes, gives your arm hair a hard-on, seduces dignity and makes the dawn blush. This song teaches you to be a shape-shifting puzzle piece. Teaches you to rattle bones so hard they stick against skin. Let it go and see if it comes back again. And this song lures you into gardens, baptizes you with original skin, tempts you with knowing fruit and licks the stickiness from your lips with a rough tongue. And when this song licks you, it feels like needles fitting a groove, like pimples on laughing gas or playgrounds where children can still hurt themselves. You know, when you hear this song, your chin bobs its head. Your pinky toe discovers a sense of purpose. Your left brain brews thunder. Your right brain weeps uncontrollably. Your vital organs flower into an orchard. Everywhere inside you, pollinators drink hard cider and buzz a choral version of sexual healing. This song is not your sex life. It just might make your crotch feel real good. Move around a little. Like a concussion. You know, the song might remind you that you are skin and bone and blood. Blood and cum and sweat. Sweat, salt, and passing wind. It might spin you a vision of lightning, firing clay, and Sparking this song out of silence Or of a flightless buzzard With trees for hands and amphibious feet When I hear this song I hear my last breath's first kiss In the mud between my grass stains I hear my heartbeat 
I smell what I musk. I taste my iron. And I feel my primate. And I know that this song, this song, this song is the song that never ends. Really, it sounds like nothing at all, or everything, all at once. exactly are you doing uh that's water bowling that's uh johnny mccray from two dope boys in the cadillac uh is one of the world's virtuoso water bowlers and yeah. he taught me a few skills and so i thought i'd break it out on this album sounds very organic it's oh it's it's pretty much uh water in a bowl <laughs> and your your ability to breathe in and out while putting your mouth in it so uh, you wanted to mention there, uh, we didn't mention the keyboard player. Um. Yes, yes, I totally forgot. Kenan brought in our good friend Adam Farnsworth uh, to uh, lay down some keys on the tracks after we'd recorded them. So that, that, he's he's in on a few of the, the band tracks there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, speaking of band tracks or band camp, if people want to go and purchase uh, copies of this, where can they go? Where are uh, we listening to? JohnnyMcRae.BandCamp.com has mouth music on it. Cool, and uh, also one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show today was uh, you're doing a performance this evening. Yeah, uh, it's the very first UBC Poetry Slam of the new year, uh, happening at Benny's Bagels. The doors and sign-up are at 7 p.m., and uh, the show starts at 7.30. Benny's Bagels is at Larch and Broadway. Cool, and other events coming up this Monday. Uh, Horsepower is going to be featuring at the Vancouver Poetry Slam. The Slam took the Monday off this past uh, New Year's Day, but they're back this coming Monday. Horsepower is the feature, and it's the final qualifying slam for anybody interested uh, uh, to participate in the Women of the World Playoff later this month. Thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. So glad to have you. Um, I'm R.C. Weslowski. Pam Bentley will be back next uh, next Wednesday with us for another edition of Wax Poetic. Until then, have yourselves a great week in poetry. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?